get to the money. Welcome to another episode of Drinking After Dark, a podcast where we discuss random topics while having a few drinks. I'm your host, Darius, and as always, drink responsibly, and you make sure you follow Drinking After Dark podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. And I also want to give a special shout out to my sponsor, Joe Shakinab and Shakinab.com. Visit Shakinab.com for services, monthly, monthly updates, and contact information. Once again, visit shakinab.com, promoting leadership and scholarship. Tonight, I have a very special guest with me. I've known this guy for a very long time. He's a loving husband, father, businessman, real estate agent. Basically, whatever he puts his mind to, he will do it, and he's going to make it work. Welcome to the podcast, my boy, Lanis Frederick. What's going on? What's going on, my man? Not much, not much. How you doing? I'm doing good, man. How are you? Oh, I'm all right, man. Living the dream. There you go. Before we get started, man, let the people know what you're drinking on tonight. Well, I'm a Ciroc boy, so I, I got a, I got this new one called Pomegranate Ciroc, and uh, it's heavenly. Check it out. Well, I know my wife will love it. Oh, she will. Uh, you know, sometimes you got to step away from the Casamigos and see what else is going on. <laughs> right. Definitely. And as always, man, I'm drinking that crown vanilla mixed with Dr. Pepper cream soda. So, right. uh, yeah, that's that's my drink, man. That's what I drink on. It's lovely. I even mix that with root beer at times. Oh, uh, I like that. Yeah. So if you ever get a chance, uh, make a root beer float, put that crown vanilla in it. I guarantee you, and you guarantee you're gonna like it. Yeah, I'm gonna eat the recipe before I, before I leave. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm gonna definitely hit you up after we get done with this, and I'm gonna tell you it's just simple: crown vanilla root beer and vanilla ice cream. Too easy. Yep. So, uh, Landis, go ahead and uh, tell people a little bit about yourself and what you do. Well, of course, I, for the people who don't know me, I'm Landis Frederick. I was born and raised here in Clarksville. Many people know me from being a bootleg comedian or, or or a football player, but not many people know me as the businessman, marketing genius, you know, just one of those that I try anything once, you know, I'm one of those that, are, that I, I just don't believe that we are limited to do only certain things. So, of course, I've been in real estate for going on three years now. I've been owning my own tax business for about nine years now and everything else is kind of fizzing out as I'm getting more focused on what I want to do with the rest of my life. But those are the main two. And uh, whenever I'm not uh, cutting up on social media, that's where you can find me. So, uh, yeah. That's what's up, man. And um, how did you get into real estate? Well, just like probably 90% of the people that get into real estate, you buy a house and then you realize that, you know, the, the agent that only did the paperwork made X amount of dollars and you realize that you found the house and you wrote the terms and, you know, you negotiated everything on your own behalf and they just put it on a piece of paper. So when you when you see somebody make almost $10,000 for just filling out some blanks on a piece of paper. I was like, you know, I got to see what's going on over there. So, but now that I'm a realtor, I will say it's way more than that. Uh, there's a lot more moving parts, but I, I did do more than the average uh, a buyer for my deal. But 
that's just because, you know, it was a different market back then too, so. Right. But yeah, I've, I've seen, I've seen where, you know, when you start becoming a real estate agent, and I know a lot of people have thought about becoming real estate agents. Um, for those who are thinking about becoming a real estate agent, uh, what's some of the things that you could tell them, uh, some of the things that they need to look forward to, some of the classes they probably need to take, um, and how to really move around in this, in this field? Well, for somebody who's looking to come into real estate, a lot of people don't know about the other realms of real estate and the other professions that make us tick. So there's a lot of people that are behind the scenes, but for some reason, real estate agents are the wide receivers of, of real estate. You know, we, the, the, the wide receivers are, they, they like all the shine and all the glitz and glam and the celebrities. and They, they, they like the spotlight. And that's kind of how real estate agents are. But you got the people behind the scenes that, that are like the linemen and the linebackers and the, the special team guys. Those are the lenders. Those are the uh, inspectors. Those are the appraisers. Those are the photographers. Those are the stagers. Like there's so many um, um, people that, it, that are in the background of real estate that make just as much money, but people don't know about them because our job is to uh, uh, say, look at me, look what I did. But if you ever looked at what a lender makes, a lender makes 1% of the sales price of the home. So if the average home is $250,000, let us say $250,000, and they get 1% of that, how much is that? That's $2,500. Now, at any given time, a lender could have between 5 and 10, even 15 deals going on at once. Now, meanwhile, the real estate agent, you got to keep in mind, everybody that looks to buy a home or sell a home knows at least five or six other agents. So it's more of a doggy dog world in real estate where you can be a an appraiser and that's $500 a pop and you can appraise two or three houses in a day easily. Or I can be a home inspector. That's $300 a pop. I can inspect two or three homes easy. Um, and that's just on the low end, you know, of course that varies by square footage and things like that, but their minimum is about 275 to 300. Then you got real estate photographers that'll shoot a house for 150 a piece. Now you could shoot about six or seven houses in a day. Easy. So, I mean, for the people that want to get into real estate, there's so many other things that allow you to be part of the real estate world without being an agent because an agent, most people, as an agent, they want to stick their big toe in and and check it out and keep their full-time job and do real estate on the side. I'm here to tell you, real estate is way too expensive to be doing it on the side because it's cost you $3,000 just to get in. And then there's monthly fees and dues, and then you got the splits with your company. Like There's so many moving parts to being an agent, and that ain't even getting to marketing yourself and and studying and passing the exam and things like that. And you you also got to worry about getting sued and, you know, just making sure that you're compliant when you're marketing yourself. Like there's a lot of things that go into being a real estate, a successful one anyway. So you can bank on family and friends, but eventually that, that well's going to run dry. So you have to find a way to get out and network with strangers and that costs money, you know, these shirts that I get pressed up, uh, these postcards, these cards, these uh, sweatshirts, the, the, I mean, for goodness sakes, I just bought a box truck, like all this stuff adds up. And, but it's, it's trying to separate the men from the boys, because let, let's be honest, you're, you're in a pool full of piranhas and you just got to figure out how to survive. So anybody who's thinking about getting into real estate, I would definitely make sure that you know all the ins and outs because social media is just, you know, it's smoke and mirrors because as a, as a real estate agent, you know, we might post, yeah, the house is under contract, but we never come back and update you when the house falls out of contract for termites, mold, repairs, roof, you know, whatever. So you don't ever see the ugly side of real estate or where the buyer loses funding or, or, you know, that kind of thing. So 
I would definitely recommend talking to a realtor first. Now, I'm always going to tell you to get in it, but I also it depends on personalities because not everybody's a go-getter, not everybody's a people pleaser or a people person. And you're going to deal with some some difficult personalities along the way. And you just have to, you know, kiss butt and keep it moving because at the end of the day, that's how you make a living. Yeah, I I, I see what you're coming from because um, when you were talking about the glitz and the glamour and a lot of people don't understand um, how many people's involved in the process, you know, they just, like you said, the real estate agent is more like the wide receiver, which is kind of funny because, you know, the big story in the NFL is Antonio Brown. So, right. you know, I could see that and I could see how um, the more successful you get, much more of an ego you will have. That's pretty much with anything, but you see a lot with um, real estate agents uh, too. So I, I really get that point. Um, I've watched the um, shows, the million dollar listings and things uh-huh. like that. And that when you said the the diva aspect, the the big ego, I just want all the shine and all of that. That's the first thing that came to my mind was that show. Right. You know, I love so, that show, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. And granted, they worked their butts off to get to selling those type of homes. So, so if, where do you see yourself, you know, years from now in this, in this field, in this industry, where, where do you see yourself um, as a real estate agent? Well, hopefully I won't continue to be an agent because at the end of the day, if you ever talk to any, let's say any big time agent or any mid-level to high producing agent most of them want to work their way up and out and what i mean by that is if you notice most of these realtors got teams now and with the teams they let all the young hungry folks come in and do all the showings do all the leg work and i just get to stick my sign in the yard but behind the scenes, I got transaction coordinators. I got marketing people. I got my social media people. I got everything that I need in place to where I don't have to do anything. Because if you let this business run you, it will run you dry. Because, I mean, it's like I said, it's a rat race. You know, not only are you competing with five or six other agents, but, you know, you also compete for inventory because, that you know, with the, with the seller's market, there ain't a whole lot to show. So, you got to find a way to really not only stand out, but create longevity for yourself. And I'm, I'm, I, and I'm, a, I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm just now getting into podcasts because I never know how to access them, but I've been listening to podcasts a lot lately. And one that I listened to today really stuck out. I said, there's two types of people. There's ones that set goals and focus on hitting goals. And there's one that focus on growth. The people that focus on goals, they plat- they find themselves plateauing a lot because that's more destination driven. But when you focus on growth, everything else will come with it. So I never really heard it like that before, but I was wondering why I never hit my goals is because that's not how I click. I, I, I operate off growth. So that box truck was a growth move. Me creating a team, that's a growth move. Me moving to uh, a different brokerage, that's a growth move. Where most people say, I want to sell this many houses, I want to make this much money, I want to do this many transactions. I'm just not wired that way. I'm trying to focus on being, you know, a a household name. So when they think of me, they think of real estate. And Mm -hmm. there's not, because I'm going to be one of the folks to tell you that I'm not motivated by money. And I think that's where a lot of people go wrong as they, as that the money controls their actions each day. And one day, you know, you're going to lose that passion if you, if you're focusing on the money. So where I see myself in 10 years is just hopefully to a point where I don't have to, hustle and bustle and grind on real estate, you know, hopefully I'm getting into some investments and doing things like that. So, and if I sell a house, I sell a house, but that's kind of 
it's just a, a, a highway to some th- other things I want to do in life. Yeah, I I completely agree with um, the statement you made about the growth versus goals. Um, I think you said it best to me. People are so focused on goals to where you say you hit your goal. Now you got to create another goal just to hit that mark instead of really just focusing on um, just your growth. And I think right. a lot of t- a lot of times, you know, and it's cool to have goals because it gives you some sense of direction. But after that, you have to continue to make more and more, more and more goals for yourself to where you're pretty much losing yourself in that that drive to hitting your goals instead of just, you know, worried about your own personal growth. Whether it's your personal growth or your professional growth, it's it's all about you. Right. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with those who set goals. Like I said, there's two different kinds of people. But as far as the ones that set goals, it really just depends on your makeup. Well, what if you don't hit those goals? Are you going to shut down? Are you going to work harder? And anybody knows what comes working harder is less time at home. Mm-hmm. And so don't forget about that balance. Because at the end of the day, when you look up 20 years from now and if your daughter's seven, she'll be 20. I mean, if she's eight, she'll be 28. And you've done all this hustling, bustling to make sure she get a good life, to make sure she got everything she needs. But she won't be able to tell you nothing about what you bought her. Nothing. But one thing she will remember is what kind of time you spent and what kind of experiences you, you, you guys had together. And it took me a while to learn that. And that came from a lady I was when I was working at assisted living. And she was in her 80s. And I asked her, what's one thing she wished she would have done different coming up? And that was the, the main thing. She wished she would have spent more time at home with her kids and not try to provide and, and, and give them everything they wanted. Because, I mean, she was a millionaire. And she, her and her husband worked their tails off. But imagine being a millionaire in an assisted living facility and you know deep down that you gave your kids the best life they could possibly have and you know that they're going to inherit money but they won't even come see you because you spent all the time when they were young and 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 was wanting you around you wasn't there because you was too busy creating and and hustling so with that being said like I, i i never set out to be the biggest realtor i never set out to be the best tax person around I just wanted to be able to support my family and have that balance to where if I go on vacation I'm not stuck to a laptop you know and that's one of those things when you see the biggest agent in Clarksville standing in front of her brokerage and she just bust out crying because she's so dang busy and her phone rings from 6.30 in the morning to 11 o'clock at night it just it, it puts things in perspective for you and you realize none of that stuff is worth it. Mm. And and even furthermore, all that stuff, man, people hustle for material things. And you know, like I know, none of that stuff is gonna last. But the only thing that's gonna last is what you do for your family and what you do for Christ. That's it. Definitely. Definitely. And um I'm just going to put a little plug in uh, for you. Uh, everybody, it's tax time. So come on now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. If y'all want y'all stuff done right, y'all go hit up Lanus. So, and uh, what's the name of your company? American Tax Company, located on 2515 Wilma Rudolph Boulevard, right beside uh, Baskin Robbins and um, behind Yellowtail. So I'm, I'm in between. We share the same park a lot with uh, Baskin Robbins and Dunkin' Donuts. Okay. Yeah, I know where you at. Yeah, I definitely yeah, know where you at. So y'all need y'all taxes done, man. Y'all go hit up Lanus, man. He'll take care of you. Come to where the money reside. Definitely. So, man, uh, you're in this field. I mean, you you have your mindset is on point. Now, 
if you wasn't doing this, what was the one thing as a kid that you always wanted to do that you like, man, I, if I actually had the chance to really do it, I, that's why I'm really going to push because that was my passion. What would that be? Well, everybody that knows me know that I love football at one time. Uh-huh. And I made it pretty close to getting picked up. And I tried out for some NFL teams. But one of the things they told me, to see, this was back when all the wide receivers were, you know, the Dez Bryants and all that. This was before the Ty- Tyreek Hills and all those little guys. Like, I was I was, I was, was coming out with Megatron and all them. So they told me I was too little back then. And to be coming from Austin P, I was, I was just not, you know, they wanted those six, four and up guys. So unless you went to a big university like uh, Deshaun Jackson or something like that, because he was kind of in that realm when I was playing as well. So when you go to a big program, you don't have to be big. When you come from a small school like Austin P, you either better be blazing fast or you better be, you know, uh, one of them old Amazon men. But so once that ended, you know, I kind of had to shift my focus to reality. I went back and got my master's degree in, uh, at Austin P because I thought I wanted to run a um, healthcare facility. And the minute I went across the stage, I said, no, nah, that's not for me. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I tried several different things and it's funny how the universe works because when I went back to get my master's, the money that they gave me to go back, because I wrote a little essay, I always look into those scholarships. I wrote an essay. They paid for my first semester. But instead of paying the college, they paid me. So I was looking at six grand like, you know, I was broke at the time. Right. So I, I said, it's six grand. I'm, that school will get it when I get it, you know. Like, I, I can't pay you right now. So I took that six grand and started Frederick's Lawn Care. I got me a mower. My mother-in-law bought me a weed eater for Christmas, which popped it all off. So then I bought my uncle's trailer. I traded my rodeo in and got me a pickup truck. And I started my lawn care business, which I still piddle around today. But I learned everything that I know from during that time, from 2011 to 2021, of just cutting, mulching, hedging, you name it. But now I take all those skills that I learned and make these houses that I sell beautiful. And I get a picture ready. And then, you know, I bought some tools from a, a yard sale and, you know, ended up fixing on the houses. So it, it everything came full circle as far as, you know, my past. But back to the question, if I wasn't doing football or real estate, let's just say real estate, if I wasn't doing real estate, my dream job would be a comedian, I think. A comedian. A comedian. Ooh. I'm really curious, but boy, I'm t- I, now see if you would have got in the back then, I think you would be safe because now comedians they have to really filter themselves more so than ever before. Right. Right. Well, no. Well, yeah, like like now everything is yeah, like you said, you got to walk on eggshells around everything right now. But I never was, um, I never was that kind of comedian. Like where you know you, you offend people. It was just I love to have fun and tell jokes and just be stupid. And anybody who watches my snapchat or facebook or anything like that would know that but now i just like i think it's easier now because you get to go viral and all and social media is so huge now but you know those social media platforms are changing people's lives and their families' lives and they didn't have to you know they just made it off of being themselves and being you know funny on facebook or funny on on instagram and so it's paving the way for a lot of new, fresh ideas, fresh faces in comedy. And that'll be the only, because, I mean, I had to start my own business, to be honest with you. Uh-huh. Because I used to get fired all the time. 
for stupid stuff, but I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> like, for, like, give me an example. So, let's say I was, I used to be a manager for uh, an insurance company out of Brentwood. And um, they, uh, they checked my Facebook. And I, next thing you know, I'm getting called in the HR. And I don't have a clue what's going on. Then my boss asked me to pull up my phone and get on my Facebook. So I was like, oh, what? And I was like, oh, shoot. He pulled up the video of me walking into uh, the altering people uh, where they sew and alter suits and stuff. Uh-huh. An old Chinese lady, I gave her a pair of pants and I told her I want the butt cut out like Prince. And I never told her I was joking and laughing. Like I never did any of that. Like it was just, but I was filming her telling her I want the butt cut out. And she was just as lost as, as an Easter egg. And like so many people shared that video. It had like almost 3000 views in like a day or so because like, I mean, uh, or, or I went to uh, the gas station and that's the one that really got me in trouble and told him I want to put my gas in my mama's name or something crazy. And that she had come up here and paid for it. Uh, yeah. And they asked what my mom's name was. And I told him my mom's name was little mama or something. And it was just, just like little clean, little fun comedy, but they didn't find it amusing because they want to be, be, be professional at all time. So I was on my third strike. So I had to make something shake. I had to make a move and, you know, like a lot of people don't, they won't let you straddle the fence but of being a comedian and, 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 and white collar corporate America. So that's crazy, man. They over that. Oh man. It's, it's, you'll be, you'll be surprised. Bro. You know like, how, you know how hard it is to be professional at all times. I would lose my mind. Right. Like, I can't be myself. I mean, I'm away from work. This is my own personal pro. You have already checked my Facebook. What company don't check a person's social media? Right. So I would definitely re- uh, you know, recommend that everybody clean up their Facebook whenever they're going out for a job. But yeah, man, it, it's crazy, dude. And it wasn't even a fact that it was, you know, I there was no cuss words in there, nothing. It was just fun, hilarious comedy that was real time and I was like really shooting from the hip and it was really organic and they weren't even mad at so the fact that you know of what I was doing they were mad at the fact that they got 3,000 views and they, their logic was behind it was you could have been working and talking to a client instead you're, you're screwing around thinking stuff's funny like it was just taken way out of context so i was that from that moment on i knew that um i knew that the corporate world is not for me man listen first off let's get one thing straight i know when i'm on the clock i know when i'm not on the clock when i'm not on the clock i do not represent you guys now i know a lot of people probably, you know disagree with me because you work with somebody you see a lot of people get fired over stuff that they've done uh from being you know going viral and stuff but that stuff was mean-spirited that's one thing but just to be funny be yourself have some personality that's the type of person i want on my team because you never know probably you go back to that same person and boom it worked out for you you know you know you never know but you know you got some of these people got they you know these brooms stuck up their butts they just don't they don't find humor in anything. It's all about dollars, dollars, dollars. And next thing you know, they they dead because they stressing over dollars, 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 dollars. It's like, come that, on, lighten up. And that industry was definitely focused on dollars, dollars, dollars to the point where nobody really had a family life. And it was just all about goals, keeping your goals in front of you, knowing your numbers and hitting more goals and bonuses. And, all. and I was just like, you know, I realized that wasn't the place for me when they was wanting me to, because they always knew I was talented, but they, you know, it's different when you're not like the rest of them. And what I mean by that is, 
he asked me because he was really wanting me to go to work and really show the people what I can do and asking how much in bonuses would he have to pay me to hit certain numbers. And I just looked at him. I was like, you got the wrong one, man. I'm, I'm not motivated by that. Ain't no amount of money you can give me to make me go out there and work, work holes in my shoes. You know what I'm saying? Right. Cause at the end of the day, I understood since a youngin that my kids aren't going to be little forever. So you can't make me, you know, do, do any of that. Like, and I, I make a good living now, but when people, you know, they want your end of the year, your new year goals and all that. And I just look at them and say, Hey, I'm cool. Whatever I get, you know, cause at the end of the day, like I'm living my dream, like being a little kid from the projects, man, you just, you know, back in the day where you say, man, if I could just make 40,000, I'll be good. Yep. But nobody ever taught you about inflation. And to now that 40,000 is the new 20. Mm -hmm. Cause everything's went up so high. So, and hell six figures ain't even six figures no more. You know what I'm saying? You almost got to make six figures to live comfortable. Right. So, and, and even that ain't even cracked up what it's supposed to be, man. So you, you just got to find out, you know, what's your why and what makes you go and what makes you tick and really find out what makes you guys happy in, in totality, not just you, but your kids and your, 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 your lady and, or for the women, their guys, you know, just find out what makes y'all happy because it ain't money. I tell you that. Yeah. I think that's why I started this podcast. It was mainly just to have fun and do something different. No, I, I thought about it a couple of years ago, you know, a lot, I had a lot going on work-wise. So I was like, how can I find the time? And I'm thinking you have to have all these equipment, right, to right. do a podcast. And when you hit me up earlier, I was like, no, the only thing you need is your phone. That's how I'm recording this podcast right now is through my phone. Nice. So <laughs> it was just a simple app. They got apps to where you can record your podcast. And whatever you want to talk about, you could talk about it and, you know, start off just focusing on um, your product, you know, just keep working on it, get better at it each episode. And then, you know, you can start making money off of it. But, you know, for me, this is just another way for me just to connect with people, you know, and that's why I, I, Every time you're speaking, I'm like, yeah, he's absolutely right. Because this ain't about money. For... Now, don't get me wrong. I want money. Yeah, of course you want money. You know, I want money. And speaking of that, if anybody wants to advertise on Drinking After Dark Podcast, uh, contact Drinking After Dark Podcast through Facebook or Instagram, and I'll give you all the details. So, but yeah, that's the pretty much that's what uh, I'm doing this for. You know, I had a whole different way I wanted to present the podcast. I kind of want to be like ignorant, stupid, but fun at the same time. But, you know, I was going to do it a couple other people, but it didn't work out. So that's why I was like, all right, whatever. Now when I discovered in the app to where I can do it, I was like, oh, that's all I need was just my phone the whole time. Wow. Ain't nobody said nothing to me, but, you know, it's not when I started, I started it, you know, could I have started early if I would have found out the information? Yeah. But here it is now, and, you know, I'm just like you. I'm living a dream. You know, it's growing every day. I mean, I wake up, you know, uh, trying to figure out how I can make it better. You know what I mean? So, I mean, I'm I'm with you in terms of uh, growth and don't really focus on the money because the money will come. Absolutely. You know, stuff like that. And, um. You know, if anybody who wants to start their own thing, just go ahead and start it. You know, you ain't got to have everything, all your ducks in a row and stuff like that. Just, you know, make that first step and you'll see how everything will play out from there. And I think to piggyback off that, you know, no matter what industry you're in, no matter how populated it is, you know, no matter if if people say, because the main thing is you, no matter what your ideas are, don't ever 
tell big ideas to small-minded people. They're never going to see it. But if God gave you the gift to do something, there's always going to be room in that industry. And people always talk about, man, there's just so many realtors, so many realtors, blah, blah, blah. Man, look, I didn't know my left from right, and I sold 24 houses in my first year. Because you understand that I don't care what they doing. If I got the gift of gab and I got the hustle and the know-how and the want-to, and I could put a few dollars behind marketing myself, I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to figure out how to win. Even with my tax business, like, man, you know, I'm going against giants. They got commercials. Ain't no realtors got no commercials, but H&R Block, Jackson Hewitt, all those. Hell, TurboTax got more commercials than Pepsi right now. Mm-hmm. But I focus on the people that know me. I know them. I treat them good. They introduce me to people they know that I don't know. And that's, and that's hey, even if I only get 150 people a year, I'm cool because guess what? It all goes back to the beginning. If you do right, treat people right, the money going to come. But you can't do it for the money. I'm focused on growth, not just professionally, but personally, spiritually, you know, all that. And since 2020, I never had to worry about money, ever. It's the best feeling in the world, but it's even better when you get to do something that you like to do. Because I know people that make six figures and they hate their jobs. So, and I know people that make 30,000 and love their jobs. So it can't be all about money, but there's something magical when the money comes and you, you, you got what, you know, you're doing what you like to do. So that's why I'm saying I wish the best for this podcast. I know that there's going to be some growing pains. There's going to be some dark days ahead. But if you stay on the grind, you won't stay in the valley for long. And it's all about networking. Networking and asking questions and research. Mm -hmm. Like you said, you didn't know that I could start this thing with just a phone research I I got introduced to the tax business back in 2012 and I just jumped on it didn't know didn't have a clue researched got everything I needed and that's what I would tell anybody like you said if you got an idea you think it might work one thing you can't do is you can't learn how to swim holding on to the side of the pool. You got to let go. Right. Just kick your feet and tread water if you, if you, if you get tired. But you got to keep moving. I don't care if you're trying to open up a boutique. I don't care if you're trying to start how to cut hair, braid hair. You know, too many of, especially African Americans, man, we all got the same hustle. If you if you ever notice that, everybody want to pressure wash, detail cars, and cut grass. But there's a lot of white collar money out there that don't involve us doing services or working with our hands, but instead with our minds. And that's all the tax business is. That's all real estate is. You know, just that's all podcast is using your mind, using these thoughts that you get and try to figure out how to turn them into reality. But it has nothing to do with me doing something for somebody else in order to make a paycheck. Because all these industries is a doggy dog world. Yeah, definitely, man. And um, I just want to ask you a quick question though. Do you think, cause you said something about how people who can make six figures and hate their jobs compared to somebody who's making 30000 and loving their jobs. Right. Do you think it's because society as a whole has put so much emphasis on um, 
what do you want to be or what do you want to be when you grow up compared to what are you passionate about? I mean, I think it comes down to what's being taught in schools, um, what's being taught at home, uh, just people being misled in general, where we're taught go to school, get good grades, go to college, get a good job. But nobody ever sit and realize, like, I mean, for, I don't know if you watch Daniel Mack. You know who he is? Yeah. So Daniel Mack just goes around and asking people with all these fancy cars what they do for a living. Yep. What do most of them say? Uh, they pretty much say they have their own business. Own business. Uh, Bitcoin. Uh, so NFTs. Um Invested in real estate, hedge fund, OnlyFans. I mean, you name it. Like, there's so many ways to get six figures out there. But, I mean, people knock the OnlyFans people, but they're they're living. They're living. <laughs> yeah. They living. <laughs> you know, you got people out there to sell knowledge. If you go to Atlanta, man, everybody's selling something, you know. Selling their courses, just making a killing. They walked away from the job and actually figured out how to monetize what they know. But I'm I'm never one that could. I I, I can't monetize what I know because nobody monetized it when they gave it to me. You know, so it's it's hard for me to charge for the game when I didn't have to pay for the game. But I do think social media has uh has made a lot of people unhappy because of the the curse of comparison you know people who used to love their jobs now all of a sudden you know you you looking at such and such and what they doing and what they just bought and where they live and where they travel to and all that good stuff so i i think that has a lot to do with why people are unhappy uh, i mean there's people that was making six figures you know, at a cubicle. And yeah, I make good money, but at the end of the day, I want to feel like I matter. And I feel like even though they pay me well to to go to go sell uh, a Kirby vacuum cleaners or whatever it might be, like you ain't got a purpose. And some people want to feel like they're doing something, like they're making a difference. You know, I talked to a guy who made 150000 last year just selling crawl space um, stuff. Like, if you got water in the crawl space, he'd sell you a plan to get water out the crawl space. Made 150000 But he got to drive all over the place. But you Ooh. know what? He loved his job. Yeah. So that's all that mattered. <laughs> you know? And like I said, if you, if you, if you love what you do, the money don't come. Yeah, that's absolutely right, because you said something that was very – it's very telling, though, how you brought up the OnlyFans, right? You see women, how they have a master's degree. They're making $60,000 a year, but this woman could go on OnlyFans and bring in six figures easily, you know, even though though she's selling stuff that you possibly won't do, but – who are you to judge if that's what she wants to do and that's what she loves to do? You know what I mean? It's, you know, you really can't compare, you know, yourself to somebody else depending on what you do. Now, right. if you if you want to do that, go ahead and do that, you know, but you also got to face reality that people will look at you differently too, you know, so all money is not good money, but if that's what you're, that's what you really want to do and you're going to be happy with it. Then who am I to tell you not to be happy? Go right. be, go be happy. Now I will say there's people on OnlyFans that ain't showing nothing. Oh, then that now that pisses me off. (laughs) That pisses me off. You know, there's people there's people with feet fetishes. I was just about to say that. And they paying twenty dollars a month. You multiply that by ten, how much is that? Shit, that's what two two thousand dollars or two hundred dollars, but let's just say you multiply that by a hundred. That's a that's a lot of money, man. Yep. And, you know, they, they riding in Rolls Royces and Ferraris and Lamborghinis and they, they ain't got 
when you do what you like to do, it ain't called work. So they'd never work a day in their life. But it's amazing what you can do with a with a light ring, a good phone, and content. Yeah, I might have to. I got a light ring too. I might have to start my OnlyFans. I don't know if people would pay for it, but <laughs> we'll see that. Well, look, man, I'm glad that you came on, man. We got about a few minutes left, man. So I'm gonna give you uh, the last few minutes to, you know, say something. Uh, let people also let people know where they could find you at, how they could reach you, and stuff like that. So uh, the floor is yours. Well, I'm not really one to plug out social medias because I never know even what my handles are. But I feel like I said enough and I feel like I hopefully dropped some gems, some useful content that that can help somebody along the way. Um, I'm not really much into promoting myself or anything like that because, you know, I just feel like that adds to the comparison thing. But what I will say is if you hate your job or you hate your life or the way things are going, you're the author of your own book. Life hands you a pencil, not a pen. So you can erase some things. You're going to make mistakes nothing's going to be perfect but if you treat people right and you try to do what's right especially when nobody's looking it's all going to come full circle and good karma I believe in that bad karma I believe in that too but definitely you know Take advantage of each day you're given. We're all come, you know, we all come with the same 24 hours each day. Tomorrow's not promised to nobody. But what what you are given is the power of right now. And with that being said, research, find out what you want to do, because there's a lot of money out here. A lot of money to be made. And it's not so much of for the sake of making money, but the sake of giving your kids a different lifestyle than what you have. You know, and if you got a good job and you you happy and all that, that that's you know, don't discount that either. Don't you don't don't let people talk you into that that everybody should be a business owner because that's that's not feasible. But if you like your nine to five, make sure you're invested. Because there's going to become a time where you can't do that for the rest of your life. Also, last but not least, make sure you got life insurance. I know this is crazy. I know this is probably where the podcast wasn't supposed to go. But if you're talking about the easiest way to wealth for your kids and you want to guarantee them a better life, where else can I drop $50 a month? And guarantee my kids $100,000 when I pass away. Because believe it or not, there's a lot of people, a lot of classmates that I had to bury over the last five years. And the fact that we're still here, not just life insurance for your kids' sake, but for your spouse. Because nobody wants to turn around and go right back to work five days later. You're going to lose half your income and bills ain't going to stop. Don't get no $10,000 policy because the tennis shoes that people wear cost more than that. And your kids can't do nothing with no Jordans once you go. So if you can spare $100 a month, buy you some life insurance, make sure it's permanent. But if all you can afford is term insurance by term, because anything is better than just having work insurance and work on only because if that job lay you off or they let you go because you missed too many days or you've been sick too long or whatever, 
guess who don't have insurance? And if you're sick and they let you go, guess who won't be able to qualify? You. So while you're young and good health, making the money, do yourself a favor and get some life insurance because that's what other races do. That's how they got their start. And if you think I'm lying, it, go, Google the start of No Limit Records and how Master P got his start with a $10,000 life insurance policy. So, but you can find me on Facebook, Lanus Frederick. I don't know what my handles are on Instagram. On Snapchat, I'm G's Mode, I think. Uh, and on I, TikTok, I'm G's Mode. I don't, I don't know. You're going to have to research that because I have the slightest clue how to work all this. But I just know I'm on there. But I think it's G's Mode 12 on uh, Instagram and G's Mode on TikTok. And you can follow Drinking After Dark Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and on TikTok. Again, thank you, Lanus, for coming on. I really appreciate you. Make sure y'all catch all the episodes every Friday. Once again, Lanus, thank you. This is Darius from Drinking After Dark Podcast. Until next time, peace. Gotta get to the money. Gotta get to the money. Uh-huh. Early morning, so you know that I'm on it. So you know that I'm on it. Gotta make sure that my family's Get to the money, get to the money.